بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم رحمدہ رسلی اللہ رسول الکریم اما بعد الحمد للہ جنائی از دا سیکنڈ آف ڈسمبر ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی So, with regards to the righteous scholars, their attachment to worship is something which is highlighted. So, where does it mention that? In Tabarani, in his Ausat, Al-Haytami in Majma Az-Zawait, 1-178 states Sahih. Imam Sayyuti Rahmatullah Alayhi states Sahih in Miftah Al-Jannah, page 40. Sayyidina Ali radiyallahu he said I once asked Ya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam if a matter befalls us for which there is no elucidation i from the Quran and Sunnah either enjoining or prohibiting it then what do you command us to do the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he said consult the fuqaha i the scholars and abidun i worshipers about it and do not express a personal opinion regarding it so let's look at this so this is a sahih hadith so the one who's asking he's the gate of knowledge sayyidina ali karramallahu wajh and he's asking a question which you would have hardly expected of all the sahaba to ask that he asked He goes, if something happens and there is no clarity, meaning we can't find it in the Qur'an or from the Sunnah, then what do you command us? So the Prophet ﷺ, he said three things. He said, consult the fuqaha, i.e. the faqis, those with understanding. Secondly, and the abidun, the worshippers. Then number three, do not express a personal opinion regarding it so what were the three things the prophet told sallallahu alaihi wasallam sayyidina ali radiyallahu because if you can't find the answer clearly from the quran and sunnah turn to the faqis i those with understanding and the worshipers and do not give your own opinion regarding anything Thus, our beloved Messenger وسلم, clearly indicated the importance of worship in conjunction with knowledge and understanding. So a lot of people fail to understand this. They think knowledge is just memorization. So why did the Prophet mention Abidun, the worshippers? Meaning that the Imams in particular, they will be noted for their great worship. Consider also The statement of Imam Sufyan al-Thawri, rahmatullahi If a man intends to seek knowledge, he should devote himself to worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for 20 years before this. According in Ibn Abi Hatim and his Jar, Al-Jar Wa'at-Ta'adil, page 95. So what does this mean? So Sufyan al-Thawri, he was an imam, ayah mujtahid imam from the time of and he says if you truly want to seek knowledge the prerequisite of that is that you worship the lord of the worlds for 20 years 
So what was he referring to? Going back to the report. For you to be a faqih, you need to be a worshipper. Without worship, what's the point of your knowledge? Does not the Almighty and Glorious mention twice in the Quran? أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم فاسألوا أهل الذكر إن كنتم لا تعلمون Ask the people of dhikr if you do not know. This is in Surah An-Nahl, Surah 16, verse 43. And it's repeated in Surah Al-Anbiya, alayhi salatu wa salam, Surah 21, verse 7. So this is a very famous passage. You hear it quite often when the subject of knowledge is mentioned. So what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Ask the people of dhikr if you do not know. Does Allah the Almighty and Glorious say, فَاسْأَلُوا أَحْلَ الْإِلْمِ He doesn't say that. He goes, ask the people of zikr. Why does he mention zikr? For what is knowledge without worship? So Allah Ta'ala is clearly hinting that you turn to the people of zikr. And zikr obviously the first thing that goes to your mind is talking about worship. This is the prerequisite of the people of knowledge. It was for this reason that the famous verse is translated like this. وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّةِ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ I have only created the jinn and mankind that they might know me. Why is it translated like this? In Surah Al-Dhariyat, Surah 51, verse 56. Because the literal translation says, I have only created jinn and mankind that they might worship me. For worship and servitude is as essential as knowledge. So the scholars, they state, Allah Ta'ala is saying, I've created that you might know me. But why does he use the word Ya'budun, worship? Because they go together. It is related in Imam Ahmad's book, Al-Wara. Fath ibn Abi al-Fath, rahmatullahi, said to Imam Ahmad, in the illness from which he passed away, make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To give us good leadership after you. So Imam Ahmad, the last of the four great Imams, he's on his deathbed. So one of his uh, students, he goes, please make a dua that we get a good leader after you. So he asked him, he also asked him, who should we consult after you, O Imam? So Imam Ahmad said, consult Abdul Wahab al-Warraq. Some of those who were present said, He doesn't have vast knowledge. Why should we consult him? Imam Ahmad said, He is a righteous man. Those such as him are granted success for attaining the truth. So what was the lesson? One of the last lessons Imam Ahmad imparted. He was saying, if you want guidance, turn to the righteous. So the people, they were just weighing up knowledge in terms of memorization. So one of them said he doesn't have vast knowledge. In other words, we know people who have more knowledge than him because he's a righteous man. Allah Ta'ala doesn't betray the righteous man. He guides him. So if you want guidance, you go to the one who Allah Ta'ala has promised to guide. And where does it mention that Allah Ta'ala promises to guide these people? In the Quran. In Surah Al-Baqarah, Surah 2 verse 2, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Rajeem, This is the book in which there is no doubt. A guidance for those who have taqwa. 
So what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Right at the beginning of Surah Al-Baqarah, there's no doubt in this book. But then he puts a condition. muttaqin, A guidance for the God-fearing. So what does that mean? If you haven't got taqwa, will the Quran guide you? No. It'll misguide you. And where's the proof? Look at the sect. Every sect under the sun, quote the Quran. The Khawarij, the Rawafid, the Qadianis, you name them. So how do you know? Because these are not the people of taqwa. Allah Ta'ala only promises to guide those who have taqwa. So Imam Ahmad on his deathbed said, go to, who did he mention? Abdul Wahab Al-Warraq, because he's a righteous man. So note, worship and knowledge is not separated. But for some reason, a lot of people, when you say, I want to go to a, I need a fatwa. And what do we straight away think? We'll go to the one who's got most memory. But why don't you go on YouTube then? Get it from that. Right? So Allah Ta'ala is telling you, go to the righteous. Why? Because I promised to guide them. Our beloved Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam highlighted a further sign of these rightly guided souls when he said, the servant will not acquire the status of muttaqin until he abandons what is harmless for fear of falling into what is harmful. This is in Tirmidhi, Hassan Gharib, Ibn Majah and Mishkat. So what is the sign of the muttaqin? The Prophet said it, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He goes, this is their sign. They keep out of harmless things because they have a doubt. So 99% say it's fine. There's 1% doubt. The muttaqin doesn't go into it. But the beautiful thing is he doesn't tell you not to go into it. So these are the people the prophet said you turn to. Where are they? All people are bothered about nice qualifications. He stood here, he stood here, he stood there everywhere. But then you go, but does anybody know this person? And then the guy gives you that strange look. He says, I've just given you his qualifications. But I don't know who he is. Because why you ask him, why do you want to know who he is? Because we don't know whether he's a righteous person. All we know is you've given us his qualifications. What if he's a, you know, completely you know, off his head? And how many times suddenly do you get scholars, you know, and they find out the reality. And, but where was the taqwa? Why do you find it strange? Sayyidina Umar radiallahu he wrote to his judge or his judges, consult those who fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with regards to your deen. This is in Behaki in his Sunan 10-112. So think about this. Umar, when he passed away, Hudayfa radiyallahu said, nine-tenths of knowledge went, 90%. And was he telling his judges, consult the people of taqwa with regards to your deen. Why did he mention that? Because they are promised guidance. But, what's happened to this? Right? Where have you studied, brother? Timbuktu. Oh, I thought you was a learned person. Well, it doesn't matter where I studied. What do you want me to say? New York. Right? Where's the righteousness? And the righteous, and going back to the initial report, who had more knowledge than Ali? And yeah, the Prophet said, consult the fuqaha, consult the abidun, and never give an opinion. Another sign of the people of Taqwa. So, righteousness and worship go together. Indeed, one of the rights of such noble souls is that one should not take the initiative and talk about the glorious deen in their presence unless they give permission. 
So this is one of the rights of the fuqaha. In Sayyid Bukhari and Muslim, the other Salihin, number 358, Sayyidina Abu Sayyid Samura ibn Jundub, he said, I was a boy during the lifetime of Rasulullah and I used to commit to my memory whatever he said. However, I did not narrate what I preserved for there was amongst us people who were older than me. So let's look at it. So this is recorded in Bukhari and Muslim. So this is a Sahaba, Samura ibn Jundub, a young Sahaba. The young Sahaba lived for long, they long, lived long lives. So he goes, I memorized Hadith. But I did not narrate what I preserved because there were seniors with me. So what was he saying? In other words, he goes, we don't talk when they're serious. Sheikh Ibn Alan, he commented, the scholars of a hadith dislike that in the presence of an eminent and pious scholar of hadith in a city, a man inferior to him narrate a hadith. Because they don't like that. Now why? <laughs> because this is part of the adab. We thus learn it is not proper to talk about the sunnah of Rasulullah in the presence of someone who is older and knows better in this respect. A magnificent example of this was Imam Ahmad, who was seen giving instructions to others. But suddenly one day, it came to a grinding halt. So one of the students bold enough questioned, he goes, Oh, Honorable Imam, he goes, why have you, why you stopped answering questions? Imam Ahmad said, my teacher Imam Shafi has entered the land and it does not befit that I instruct about the deen in his presence. So what's interesting, did he know that Imam Shafi entered the land? So some scholars say this was a miracle, a karabat. He didn't, obviously the Oliyas get these signs. So imagine asking him questions, giving rulings, whatever. And all of a sudden, like you say, shut up shop. He goes, don't know. Don't know, don't know. And then people start thinking, don't know, don't, why is he saying don't know? And he goes, uh, Imam Shafi's entered the land. And he goes, uh, we don't we don't talk when teachers are here. Now, what do you notice? I've seen this myself, not live. But once Sheikh Hamza, Yusuf was a famous scholar. He, <laughs> he was talking and I've never seen him in this condition because he's very fluent Allah blessed him with eloquence and it looked like he was virtually struggling to do a talk and then later he explained himself he goes my sheikh are here and I don't feel comfortable but they've asked me to talk so think about that Sheikh Hamza didn't want to talk and, the, and that was the only time I've seen him flustered he just didn't want to talk and he felt embarrassed. He got this, got this impression that he just didn't want to. He thought, why am I talking? But then he goes, I have to because the Sheikh told me to talk. So where did he imbibe that from? And that's why you'll notice that in gatherings, you'll get sometimes great scholars that we know and they, they look very, you know, like something's happened to them. Another example I can mention is that one of the Sheikhs, I won't mention his name. I saw him in Pakistan. And he was called forward. It was a it was a nikah taking place, and he looked like a he looked like a school kid. <laughs> you know, he was like tripping over his feet. I thought, what's, what's happened to the? Was, is he ill? <laughs> and then later on, 
there was big his seniors with the and he felt embarrassed just to walk to the front they asked him to like conduct the ceremony <laughs> so what is this this is the sunnah right which has been imbibed so not imam ahmed was he an imam in every sense of the word of course he was so even the way he was delivering he was teaching compare this to whom ma'mar ibn al-muthanna rahmatullah alayh said in al-khatib al-baghdadi do not correct the mistake of the self-conceited person who will learn from you and then become your enemy at the same time astaghfirullah do not correct the mistake of the self-conceited person who will learn from you and then become your enemy at the same time so what was the sheikh referring to how many times wretched students who learn from their teachers and then later turned against them <laughs> think about that a glaring trait of whom is that they do not like to be corrected that's the sign of conceit <laughs> so you tell them and they go oh, right and they just don't like to be corrected this is the one because don't bother with them just let him carry your right brother carry on right and he thinks he's right and the, but the learner is just ignoring him now not bothered carry on so and if you look at the sadaf there were instances of this for instance there was a student of hasan al-basri rahmatullah and he corrected hasan al-basri and hasan al-basri just ignored him and then that same person he became the imam of the rationalists the mutazila right meaning he deviated in belief completely deviated and hasan and the people said this is because of his disrespect to hasan al-basri rahmatullahi so note all of this is important you know with regards to sacred knowledge but people think they're just memorizing it and in the age of google god help us in it Have you seen this brother? Seen what, what, what have you seen? Yeah, look, see, look. There in black and white. In continuation, how sad that these noble people are passing away one by one. And we do not even grieve about which Imam Zuhri said. Rahmatullah alayhi. Knowledge has calamities. From its calamities is that a scholar is abandoned until he passes away with his knowledge. Subhanallah. <laughs> This is in Abu Nu'aym al-Hiliyah 3-364 with a Hassan chain of transmission. So Imam Abu Bakr ibn Shahab al-Zukhri, he was a famous tabi'in. He was a great prolific narrator. Rahmatullah. He said this is part of the calamity of knowledge. He goes that a scholar is basically nobody is turning to him. And the tragedy is when he dies, all his knowledge goes. And what's shocking? <laughs> when he dies, people grieve. <laughs> Oh, oh what? He was with you for 25, 30, 40, 50 years. What are you doing awful? Oh, I should have sat with him. Well, too late now, isn't it? You're a Buddha yourself, Astaghfirullah. Indeed, we have become a nation of knowledge junkies. What does this mean? Our concern being just to learn more. More facts, more figures. However, how many of these so-called learned people, in inverted commas, actually are even offering their five obligatory prayers, let alone anything else. You get people like this, you know, they listen, oh, this guy, next level. He prays all. <laughs> And he goes, 
you must have combined it. So then he goes, like, oh, that's interesting. Then once a, one of the brothers went to a talk, I won't mention it, where it was, and he, he went through three or four plays. So he goes, Zohar, Asr, he goes, Maghrib. And he goes, he didn't play. Right? So the brother goes to me. He goes, uh, he goes, can you combine players? He goes, yeah, yeah, of course you can. He goes, which, which players can you combine? I goes, Zohar and Asr, Maghrib and Isha. Can you combine three? And then I goes, no. And then he goes, well, I went to this talk and I got really confused because oh, because he's maybe traveling and I'm trying to make excuses, but he goes, what's going on? He goes, he's Mr. Player. And, you know, what is, so what's happening? So Lord, do you honestly believe they will benefit others? That's why the Quran says, I give guidance to the people of Taqwa. I give guidance to the people who are worshipping, who are venerating. Subhanallah, what a state of affairs. Think about that. Knowledge junkies. You know, when you think of junkie, you think of a druggie. Knowledge, knowledge, knowledge junkies. Knowledge junkie, what's all that about? He's not even doing his you know, basics and he's, he can, you know, like they say in English, because he talks a good game. So all I mentioned today, was basically talking about the subject of sacred knowledge and the very important narration in which Hazrat Ali of all the companions was told by the Prophet the three guides I to protect you from misguidance consult the fuqaha consult the abidun and never express a personal opinion so again note so one of the things to reflect upon are there any questions you like to ask سبحان الله بحمدي سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك اشهد ان لا اله الا انت استغفرك واتوب اليك اغفر لي ذنوبي وشر ذنوبي سبحان ربك رب العزه عما يصفون السلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والاصل ان الانسان لفي خسر الذين امنوا وعملوا الصالحات والحق والصبر صبر الله